Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters and that with God, even the broken parts of your story can have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. I am so excited to welcome to the show today my friend and Broadway performer, Kennedy Coggle. Kennedy was most recently seen starring as Carol King in the Broadway national tour of Beautiful the Carol King Musical. I will let Kennedy tell you guys more about her career and journey as an artist because she's been on some big stages. In today's episode, she's bringing you a word on the power of prayer and the joy of getting to talk and communicate with the Lord. I know you're going to love this conversation. So here is Kennedy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Before we get started, I think we should just share the story of how we met because I think it's a really fun story. Um, it was one of the first weeks I was in New York City. I just moved and I had heard about the hang ministry. And I went to the hang and I it was one of the first time, yeah, it was the first time I had been. So I didn't really know anybody. And I look over and I see you, this beautiful, bright, smiley redhead. And I see you wearing this tank top that said strength and dignity. And I was like, Are, is that the tank top I sold last year on Instagram? And we just connected that night um, over that, that you had bought the tank top I sold and you were like, wait, did I buy this from you? I knew exactly who you were as soon as I saw you. I was like, that's Laura Lee Turner, the woman who made one of my favorite shirts in the world. Oh my gosh. Um, for those of you who have never seen these shirts, they're tank tops and they're awesome. And they and they say strength and dignity on them. And I was like, I need to be wearing those words. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just so powerful. I loved it. And and I love getting to meet you and thank you in person for this. For the t-shirt reminder. Well, the funny part is, is I was like, oh, that's that redhead. And then I go home that night and I'm like, oh, she's a Broadway star. Great. (laughs) A Broadway star bought bought my tank top I sold. So um, I was so honored that you had bought it and we're wearing it or we're wearing it. Um, Well, today I just, I want to talk to you about everything. But first, before we get started Will you just introduce yourself to the listeners and um, give them a little synopsis of your career? Uh, Sure. It's a Um, big one. (laughs) Give you my elevator speech. Um, Hi. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Kennedy Coggle, and I was born and raised on a small farm in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Mm. I went to Elon University, and I got my bachelor in musical theater, and um. I had an amazing time those four years, and I was lucky enough to, right out of college, I got to do the international and national tour, playing Heather in American Idiot. And then I came back to New York. I had, actually, we can talk about this in a bit if you want, but I I had a period where I didn't really work, and I questioned myself a lot. And I had every survival job under the sun, and then I was lucky enough to book a little show called Wicked. And I toured with Wicked for about two years, um, almost two years by the time I left, understudying the role of Elphaba and eventually coming back for a small little stint and playing standby. And then I was in a little show called um, Chick Six at the time, which is now the Broadway bound Super U playing Katie White. And then that actually, that run got cut short. Um, But the next week I was called in to audition for a show called Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. And I didn't think I was right for it. And I went in and I danced and sang and 
uh, 48 hours later, I was in my first rehearsal for my Broadway debut. The, the parts, you know, the job that would become my Broadway debut got to do all of everything that's associated with a new musical during the Tony Award season and perform on the Tony Awards. <laughs> Hilariously, I was actually kicking my face in an accordion right next to Tina Fey, who you know. Wow, <laughs> look at that. How funny. Because, because <laughs> guess what? You're a Broadway star too. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but, uh, and then I think, yes. And after that, I, I was in beautiful understudying Carol King on Broadway and they asked me to take over on tour when COVID hit. So we had been touring for about seven months and then they sent us home. And from then on, I've been in Oklahoma, I've been in New York on and off. Um, so you're, you were on the beautiful tour when COVID hit, you said, so how did, what was that experience like? Like how did your company experience the abrupt stop of the shutdown? Yeah, you know, it was like living in an alternate universe, <laughs> but it was weird because we all kind of heard whispers, but I don't think anybody thought it was going to become what it did. Um, uh, we heard of other shows closing before ours, uh, obviously Broadway closed, um, which was a shock. Um, and then other tours started closing and canceling and we had shows here and there canceling parts of our run. And, um, we kind of found out in one fell swoop when all of our friends in Texas who had tickets called and were like, Oh, we just got refunded. We're sorry. Um, and I think we were in Galveston and we were one of two or three tours that were still open and all the other huge tours had shut down. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, I feel like this might be the last show that this special group of people gets to do this show together for a while, you know? So it was a very beautiful night. We were all very emotionally wrong, very available, very present in the moment. And if it was the show to go out on, it was a good one to go out on. What a gift. What a yeah. gift. Yeah. Um, but it's a weird time, you know, but it's not just us. It's everyone. Everyone's, you know, experiencing this craziness. Well, Kennedy, here on the podcast, we talk about uh, how Jesus has taken us from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. And so I just want to ask, how have you, Kennedy, experienced him rescuing you and bringing you into his light? And what has that surrender and freedom journey looked like for you? Oh, man. I mean, there's so many ways to answer this question. Um, but you you asked, how has God rescued me? And I think the short answer to that would be, he's rescued me from myself a lot. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am a recovery. I call myself, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, mm. Man, same. <laughs> yeah. And really... I didn't really follow, I, I grew up um, in the church, but I wouldn't have called myself a Christian or I would call myself spiritual. You know, there are people who are like, I'm, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. That was yeah. definitely who I was until out of college when my roommate, uh, when I moved back to New York after American Idiot, her name was Emily Rice at the time, who's now Emily Fletke, happily married. Um, but she actually hosted worship nights in our New York apartment. But they really were, it was instrumental because, it, uh, pun intent, pun not intended, but now I guess I'm going to intend it. <laughs> um, um, it was instrumental in my Christian faith and my walk with God and, and kind of learning and growing closer to God um, and learning who he was and what his heart was for me. Uh, because through music, the universal language, which was my favorite part of church service anyway, um, I got to experience the Lord in a whole new way, um, in a very powerful, palpable way where I just, I knew he had to be real um, through music and through worship and learning that that was, you know, a wonderful way to connect with God. And so from there, my, I started just getting curious um, and asking questions and reading the Bible. And here I am today. I mean, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the Lord really rescued me from, uh, from myself and my perfectionism, which is really, there are so many things that I'm realizing are, are just perfectionism is one of the facets that gives us a false sense of control. Um, 
there's so much of life that we try to give ourselves. We pacify ourselves with a false sense of control. If I can do this perfect, then I'm worth something. Or, um, you know, but then there's if, no perfect. Right. There's no such thing as perfect. But really, if you really think about it, the beautiful thing about humanity and the creativity of God is the fact that we aren't perfect and there's beauty in imperfection and it's really the imperfections or the quirks the odd quirks what some people would call imperfections i call i i call a creative flourish of god's paintbrush mm. um that makes you unique in who you are yeah um you know that makes life beautiful you know um so I think I think that, and especially when it comes to the business, for for those of you who are listening, um, who are in the business, I I definitely I took it really hard in in the beginning part of my career because I felt like there if I didn't get a job, it was my fault, um, you know. And I mean, we could go on and on and on and about that. But I remember um, earlier in my career. Uh, just moments of surrender where I wasn't working for six months and and six months, eight months at a time, and I would question God and I and I and I would ask Him the hard questions. I'd be like, "Are you even? Do you even see me?" You know. <laughs> granted, <clears throat> now I ask different questions um, because I find that in in your walk of faith, that <clears throat> rather than rather than waiting for His answer, God sometimes wants us to ask a better question um, than the ones we have been asking. Um, but he's very gentle. Um, and he was very gentle with me when I, when I, when my faith was young, you know, and uh, I think especially he really led me through my audition with Wicked. And I remember just sobbing and crying out to him on the subway. <laughs> there was, thank God there was nobody there. They probably would have thought it was crazy. Um, but, you know, I went into my audition and I cracked uh, you know, and I never cry <laughs> like singing Defying Gravity. And I just remember going, God, I can't do it. And you know what? I, I can't do it. You have to do it. You have to help me. Um, because I just cannot, I don't want to, I don't want to do something that makes me hate myself if I can't nail it, you know, every time. And thank God now I've realized that it's not about nailing it. It's, it's about, serving and it's about telling a story um, that needs to be told to somebody in that audience seat or even being placed somewhere to love somebody um, who needs your love and your friendship and your kindness um, within your cast or maybe somebody behind the table and so that they know that they are seen and loved the way God sees them and loves them. It's not about yourself and the art, but rather about how can I serve you with art? Mm. Um, so it's been a, I mean, that's a really, really long convoluted, crazy roundabout way to say that he saved me from myself and, uh, and he saved me from the, the harsh part of this business that can make people go crazy. Um, yeah, but that's in essence what he did, especially with my career, because my career is important to me. Um, but it's interesting because this year has not looked like what I thought it was going to look like. It's been unexpected to say the least. And he has showed me, you know, he's been really gentle <laughs> with me um, and my, <laughs> my controlling issues, um, but he's taken it all away. And it's not, I'm not going to say that this year has been great, but this year has been incredibly deep and um, transformed my inner life and soul in a way that, couldn't have happened unless everything was taken away. And that in itself is very beautiful. And I'm learning to enjoy the unexpected instead of dread the unexpected. It's kind of learning to ride the wave because what he has for us is good. And even though it's not easy, um, this time has really showed me truly what is important. And it's been convicting. Uh, Sometimes I get carried away by the world, uh, as we all do. And sometimes we get weighed down by the world, as we all do. Um, and so not only has he saved me from myself, but he's saved me from uh, things that don't satisfy 
and things that don't matter as much as we feel like they matter in the moment. They really don't. Um, it takes, it took something like this to reframe my priorities. Praise God. Yeah. yeah. Praise God. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a word. Jesus is cool. <laughs> He's awesome. That's a word for, I think, if you're a performer, you've experienced the pain and the weight of perfectionism and feeling like you have to get everything just right. But like you said, well, one, we have so much purpose, so much purpose outside of booking a job. Um, and I just think of the number one commandment that Jesus said to his disciples, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what you said, that you're supposed to be at that job or not be at that job because wherever that's going to take you, there's a person there that you need to love. And there's a person beside you that he's put a divine appointment for you to, to be friends or for you to have that job. So it's just so much bigger than our little minds can wrap, than we can wrap our minds around. So um, I'm so comforted by that. Well, when we were talking, you mentioned that the Lord's been teaching you a lot about prayer. So I would love to just ask you, what what's he been teaching you and how have you been growing in your walk with the Lord through prayer? Mm-hmm. It's been a, a really, this is a long journey that's been since before I would say that I was a Christ follower and studied the word. Um, there's always a part of me that has believed, you know, since, since childhood, um, you know, the spiritual, if you will. Um, and I've always had an open dialogue. Like sometimes I'm just a curious kid. I'm a, I'm a spicy little meatball. And I come to God with, with a lot of things, but I will say in my, in my younger years, I thought that there was a, a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. And while there are verses that teach us how to pray, like go into your closet and pray or pray without ceasing, which is really hard if you've ever attempted it. Um, uh, I think, I think, I think the only wrong way to pray is to feel like you can't be your full self with God. Um, so in essence, you can't mess it up. Um, for those of you who don't know how to pray, try just try it. And for those of you who are not even certain whether God is real, what could it hurt um, to try? And um, so in my personal journey, um, it's grown from just a conversation like as if I was talking to a best friend or a mentor or <laughs> even if I'm mad, I have, I'm not proud of it, but I have dropped the F-bomb at God before. But, and I used to think that he would turn away or he would shun me, you know, for being my full spicy meatball self. Um, but he is, it's very evident to me that God loves authenticity. Did, did I say that right? God loves authenticity. And God loves the posture of our heart. It's not about what we say, but rather what we're feeling in our innermost hearts. Because he, um, there's a Bible verse, maybe you know it off the top of your head, um, that he, God looks at the heart mm. of the matter. It says, like, man looks at the outward appearance. Yes. But God looks at the heart. Yes. Mm. And there are times when, um, you know, I've been praying and and I, I feel this, you know, overwhelming emotion, but I don't even have the words to put to it. So I just like, I just reach out with my hands and I know that he understands. And, and there's a verse about that, but... Um, it's about like groanings and how the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. Yeah. Yeah. Romans actually I have this one up because we were talking about it. Romans 8, 26 through 27. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Yep. So 
through that verse, we learn, oh, we don't even have to say words. He's and praying for us. He's praying for us. And God loves it when we come to Him. He just loves it when we when we surrender and when we come to Him mm-hmm. and just talk. You know, um, so it's been a really beautiful journey of of learning that there it there is no perfect prayer and and really what god loves is when you bring your full self to him and whether you're angry sad if even if you're going through um a lot of people go through stuff that you know you think that god wouldn't want to listen to but god is not he's not an insecure human who can't take it he is the creator of the universe he's the creator of the world as we know it um and your life and you do have a purpose and so i just find i just find a lot through prayer i love to pray over specific verses um i also just love to pick a word um maybe like peace or um you know shalom which is another word it's like a deeper peace shalom i love that word um and sometimes I'll just speak it over and over and over, kind of in a meditation. Um, but yeah, it's been amazing because sometimes you'll be surprised if you come to him in quiet. Sometimes you'll get a response, and you know, and sometimes you won't. I think, especially with prayer, uh, I have to be intentional about prayer time because I get so busy and we're gonna loop back around to um another false sense of control i think a lot of times we as humans fill our days to give us a false sense of control and a false sense of numbing from the deeper things that if you would just come to god you could find rest with those types of things you know no matter how small you think they are or Maybe there's a piece of you that thinks that it's too big for God or that God doesn't care. Um, but it's been amazing to really discover. I We will never understand how much God loves us. You know, um, the thought of sending your son to die on a cross, like the fact that Jesus saw all of us, all of our failings, all of everything we were ever going to be, everything that we were ever going to fail not to be, you know, in, and he saw our weaknesses and our faults. And he said, but I don't care. I love you. I want you. I choose you. And how, I mean, I can't even fathom that and how gentle he is. We're just, we're humanity and we're broken. All humans are broken. Nobody's perfect. And it's just incredible to think about that, you know, he even cares enough to want to have a personal, deep, close relationship with. And and that's what prayer is, is a conversation. Um, and sometimes it's just talking. And I think sometimes the hardest part is listening and stillness, finding stillness, um, you know, and practicing those meditating te- techniques to get your mind calm um i i always um when people ask me about i i can't slow down you know i say well you know I, or i can't hear god i can't hear god and i'm talking to myself too because i'm i'm preaching to myself because i am so busy it gives us a false sense of control period end of story done but it's not because when you find stillness um when you're busy in a state of busyness it's like your mind just imagine like uh, just a tumultuous you know water and when water is churning you can't see anything but craziness and bubbles you know and just imagine when water is still it becomes clear like a clear icy lake that you can see straight through to the bottom um finding that stillness and quiet i think like when water gets quiet you get clarity and you can see through to what god's trying to say or teach um because i at least for me listening is the hardest part and that's okay um god can take that he can take it (laughs) so finding stillness and quiet helps you find clarity in thought and prayer and conversation uh, with god i think
wants us to find, yes, Him. And it's crazy that He's the God of the universe and He could yell at us. <laughs> but yet, so often He talks in a small whisper. And that's just like, I just think about his meekness and how it's, it's so, he is so secure in who he is and in his love for us that he just wants us to take that time to listen to him. Like you said, it's so hard to listen because we are so busy and, um, but yeah, when we do, he speaks and gosh, it's so good. He's good. Yeah. And it's like, I always make, I always make excuses like, oh, I don't have time. I, I wish I had time. Yeah. Oh, I need to make time for God. And then I'm like, oh, but how much time do I spend on social media? Ooh, well, how yeah. much time do I spend driving? That's such a great time to pray. I think is when you're driving, just have an open conversation with him and you in the car, you know? And so there's always time and you know what? He has never left and he's waiting. <laughs> And I think a lot of that is just remembering, remembering God, remembering that he's with us, that it's not some churchy rote thing that we have to like put together and present for him. He's our heavenly father and he's with us when we're at the grocery store or on our run or in the car. And he just wants to be with us. And I think sometimes it can be as simple as like, God, help me or Lord, be with me, or God, I love you. Like just remembering to call out to him. You know what? And that makes me think also, um, you know what I love? You know, something I just love about God is I've learned the way he loves and he is intentional and he is pursuing and he loves in spite. And and it's so wonderful because God's showing us how to love others. He's showing us how to love people. And I just love, it like gives me chills to think that he loves me in spite of my flaws, quote, quote, air quotes, um, you know, in spite of all that I am. And so it's like he if you really understood how much you were loved, your capacity to love would be expanded to love people, you know, who the world would say they don't deserve love. They don't, they can't be loved. And it's not true. It's not true. We're here to love people in spite. And just because they are, worthy to be loved, you know, and, and it's just, and it's bringing a big smile to my face. Thank you, Lord. Uh, that, that we are we loved. Forget you day after day. And then we come back and we're like, I love you. And he's like, I always did. I, I loved know. you. Even when you forgot me, I loved you. Yes. Ah, and you know what? It's just like, I, I, I feel like I love, I love the, one of my favorite parts of being a Christian, I feel like, is like we are made to be mirrors because God shines his light and we just and we just tilt our mirror a little bit to shine the light on everyone else. Like he loves us and in turn we can love others. It's just like we are the mirror. You know, we're made to reflect God's love and reflect um, God's glory. We are you know, we are his kingdom and we are his sons and his daughter. So it's just like, you know, I'm, my mind is kind of blowing right now, even, even as I'm talking, because, because I forget you're right. It's so hard to remember, but we are his reflection and the people we see are his reflection. What a privilege. What a privilege. Yeah. And what a purpose, no matter what industry you're called into. For us, it's, you know, being a performer, but then you have that purpose that, well, ultimately I'm here to reflect the God of the universe's light. Like what a mirror you get to be in whatever space that you're in. If you're a teacher teaching in a school, if you're a barista in a coffee shop, if you're a mom, if like, it means that no matter where you are, you're called to rise up and shine his light in that space. And we are called to love as followers of Jesus, you know? And so it's just like, what an amazing job. 
I just want everyone <laughs> to have this job and to know that it's like your job is to love others as you love yourself, you know, love God and love others. That's such a powerful statement if you really think it, because it's not always easy. It's not always easy. Um, this is not my situation. This is just an example. It's not always easy to love a father who beat you. You know, it's not always easy to love a mother who left. It's not always easy, you know, and, you know, example after example after example, it's not always easy to love in spite, um, you know, when you get hurt or when, when things don't turn out the way you thought or when people fail you as they ultimately do because we're human and people can't satisfy what God does. But just the fact that that love is there and the ability to love in spite and through um, stuff, it's just redeeming. It redeem his God's love redeems everything that has been broken. And I hope that everyone listening will start and begin to see how God's love, you know, is entwined in the tapestry of your life. And if you only allow him to helm your loom, that is the tapestry of your life, allowing him to weave those threads together, you're gonna start to see how he's been in everything and how he's been loving you in everything and allowing you to love others through the hard things, you know, and to stay in the kitchen when it gets hot. Um, there's, I mean, we could talk about Stay love. in the kitchen when it gets hot. Stay in the kitchen yeah. when it gets hot, cause it's not always easy. I mean, what love, what love? And like you said, in spite that makes me think of his grace that it's not a love that we experience here on earth that we get a taste of it but what's so powerful about his love in spite of everything we've done all the mess in our lives all the sin that should separate us from him that because of jesus in the grace there it's like an unending whole of just love like you said but uh, yeah I just think of the word grace because grace is just such a powerful reminder of undeserving just forgiveness and love that we get from from him amen I mean raise I mean raise your hand if you have ever felt like he, you don't deserve love or you don't deserve happiness or you don't you don't deserve grace oh girl two hands raised and yeah and my hands are raised high and, yeah. and that's also part of my own personal inner struggle. And for those of you listening who have ever felt that, you're not alone. But also I'm here to tell you that it's not true. Um, it's a lie and I break that off of you. Um, so walk in that no more. Um, and yeah, some days it's like, it's it kind of breaks your brain a little bit because you're like, I don't deserve this. I don't, I'm not good enough. I'm not deserving enough I'm not I'm just I think I think the lie is that it's like I'm not good I'm not good you know and and that's not true that's a lie um there are no good Christians only a good savior yep yes yep Ooh. Ooh. oh <laughs> when I learned that man did that set me free <laughs> Ooh. that oh. is freedom Right it there. is freedom. We're not capable of being good. You know? There's a good God. And it's just like it's wonder it's wonderful to know that again, it all it all comes back full circle of you you know, there's no such thing as being perfect. <laughs> there's no such thing as being perfect, but God chose to love us anyway. And and in turn we get to reflect that and love others the way he loved us first. And then, yeah. <laughs> And Jesus, Jesus lived a perfect life. Like that's why he was able to die a perfect death, you know? And that's why we don't have to carry the weight of perfection because he was perfect and we don't have to be. Kennedy, how has 
your faith grounded you in this season of obscurity and how has it challenged you to trust in the Lord? In this season, I think I've learned to be comfortable, get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. and to find the word. Yeah. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable and that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. You don't have to have it all together. Um, but I feel like in this season, God has really been teaching me how to get curious and, and instead of, instead of fearing the unexpected, enjoying the unexpected, um, Yes, um, because obviously this this year has not turned out how anyone ever thought, but I'm learning again, like I said earlier, I'm learning so much about um, what really is important to me and um, in my walk of faith and with my family and friends. I just feel like he stripped away everything that was blinding me to what I truly held dear. Um, and I learned that I had been spending my energy and time in a lot of the wrong places. I, I, I truly, because really, if you know your purpose, how can you do anything else? Um, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about your calling. Your calling is different than your purpose. But if you know your purpose, why are you not going after that with every fiber of your being? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And when everything is ripped out of your hands, then you still have that. And yes, what peace and what security that you Kennedy have so much purpose, even in this season where you're not Carol King on the beautiful <laughs> tour, you know, <laughs> like, cause here's the deal. God's working. Even if you don't feel him or see him, yeah, God's always there. He has never left. He's here with you and for you in this season. All we have to do is look up. All we have to do is stop and say, what are you doing? And I definitely have asked him, what are you doing, God? But I found out a better question than what are you doing are, what do you want me to do with this? Okay, you, you, took, you took musical theater away. What do you want me to be doing? What, what, oh, you want me to be loving on my family that I only get to see maybe once or twice every year and a half. Oh, I, I see. You want me to be spending time with my father and my mother. Oh, oh, I see. You want me to reconnect with my really, really good high school friends that are still, you know, in my hometown. Oh, oh, I see. You want me to be taking this, you know, class or other people. Oh, I see. You want me to get my degree. Oh, I see. You know, new ways. And really the funny thing is you can't mess it up because God's going to use you. And even if you, the beautiful thing is God's not going to force you to his will. I think that's another big facet of his love is the freedom of his love is free will. Um, God's not going to force you into his will. His will will happen whether you want to be used by him or not whether you want to be an instrument to bring his love here on earth as it is in heaven if it's not you it's going to be someone else you know and and there are i do believe that there are some people who do miss their calling in life their their purpose their calling in life because they're so busy looking at things to satisfy them that don't matter you know so that's what i i think not fear, but that's one thing that I'm very vigilant about is I, I don't want to miss my purpose. And, you know, once you find your purpose, that really, that aligns you with what God has for you. If you can get, if you can get your, um, if you can really get clarity on your purpose that God has, you know, given you in life and you remain in that alignment, you can't, you can't mess it up and you can't, you know, you can't go wrong. You can't mess it up so bad that, that God's not going to do what he's going to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 I love that You said remain. It made me think of the passage in John 15, where he says, 
He's the vine and we're the branches and that apart from him, we can do nothing that we are just to remain in him. And then everything else just falls into place. Like the closer we are to him, the more things just make sense. Honestly, like the more life makes sense. Yeah. And he, and he wants us to choose him. You know, he's not going to force you again. He's not going to force you to be part of the vine. Yeah. And that's, what's so amazing. And he won't force us to, to bear fruit. Right. But like you said, he's producing fruit either way and he's yeah. on the move in this world. And we get to say like, hi, I want to participate. Like I yes. want to be a part of what you're doing here. Or he like, we cannot choose him. And you know, that comes with consequences too, of not being able to be a part of that kind of yep. love and that kingdom. He, yeah. Cause he wanted us to be co-laborers with him in creation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always tell people, I'm like, you know what? It's, Pray like the way I see co-laboring is I love my job and I love doing what I do. And it's mm-hmm. like, uh, forgive my language, everyone, but like pray you make the train, then run like hell. Don't just like walk to the train, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, you make a move and go forward because oh, yeah. God said the train's coming. Yeah. Uh, he, d- he wants us to run towards yeah. our purpose and that yeah. he doesn't want us to walk yeah. in doubt or self or shame he doesn't, no. he doesn't want you to walk slowly in doubt, shame, no. darkness, the victory. Know. He wants victory. you to run in that victory. Come on. Yep. I'd also like to take this. I, I just, just real quick before we move on. I'd also like to take the time to speak to people who maybe you, maybe you don't, um, maybe you don't believe in Jesus yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe, you know, you classify yourself as a non-believer, and I'm here as a believer to tell you, God still loves you. Mm. That will never change. And you don't have to do anything to earn God's love. We can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I just wanted to say that. I'm like, you know what? It might, it might feel like a lot of mumbo jumbo movie, movie fooey, but you know, God's still calling you and you have a purpose in this world. Um, and, and I hope you find it. I hope you find it. Mm. That's all. Well, Kennedy, in this time of quarantine, you told me that you've been writing some songs, some worship, um, to the Lord. I would love to hear about what that's looked like for you as an artist. Sure. Um, well, uh, what I didn't realize is that God had been calling me to write songs and I used to write piano music when I was little, but I, I had always believed that I was not good enough <laughs> to do something so spectacular in my mind, which it, it is creation, like creating. Creators are my favorite types of people, um, which is why I guess I, I just love artists so much is because they just take something and they create something that wasn't there before, um, which is hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and the enemy hates that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And He's if like, you don't, add- don't create, don't add beauty to this earth. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and we're like adding beauty right and left. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're, we're made to make life beautiful. That's, that's what artists do. Um, uh, and I, and honestly, it still terrifies me because it's a very vulnerable thing. Um, and can I get vulnerable with you and the listeners for a second? Something I've never really talked about much, but I, I know it seems like I've got it all together. And I know it seems like, Ooh, she's a great crit or Ooh, she really hears the Lord. Um, but not a day goes by that. I don't question all the time. Uh, sometimes doubt filters in either in myself or doubt in God or doubt in what the heck is happening in the world, you know? And I do, I, I, I have an extremely, I like to say an extremely full and deep emotional life, but that doesn't mean I I experience extremely high highs and wonderful joy, but I also experience extreme loneliness, sadness, and melancholy. And if that's you as well, you know, for those of you who are hearing this, you're not alone and you're not weird. You were just made that way. Um, to be a deep well and that's okay. And it's hard and it is a, it's a gift. I think, I think that I've learned to see it as a gift. Um, 
because I'm not the only one who has experienced these things in life. And I know, I know it sounds extremely vague, but, um, anyway, I, I began writing with, uh, Isaiah Bailey, who was on your podcast, uh, mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and, and it's so great to write with a partner because, you know, you're not alone in it. <laughs> um, cause it is very vulnerable. It's coming from yourself and what feels like yourself and what at first and what feels like is a very vulnerable place, you know, it's vulnerable. So I went through a season where I was mad at God and, um, I kind of like, I kind of like shunned him (laughs) in a way I, I would refuse to go to prayer time. I would refuse to talk to him and pray, which is, you know, how, a lot of times how God is activated in this realm. Um, you know, so, and when you intentionally cut yourself off from the source, you know, you're dimming your light, you know, it's kind of like, like I said, if we're supposed to be mirrors, uh, shining the light and letting your light shine and his light shine through you, that's kind of like putting a drape over the mirror which is a really melancholy, terrible place to be. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I would spend nights where I would just weep and uh, call out to him being like, I don't know what you're doing. Are you even here? Do you, do you hear me? Do you care? Um, and so I wrote the song. I started writing it with Isaiah and um, the song began as the believer who was me, you know, asking God, are you even here? Do you care? Do you see me? I, I, I'm here and I'm, and I'm trying to hear you, but you're not meeting me halfway here, you know, like really mad. Um, and I had not heard from God in the form of the Holy spirit in probably about five months, six months, which is a long time for me. Um, and as we were writing this song, I touched Isaiah's shoulder and I started singing the words, I'm here and I've never left your side. I'm here. You don't have to run and hide. I'm here. I come running when you call. I'm here. I will keep you standing tall. You know, you are loved. I've never left. You are loved and I'm amazed by you, you know, and, um, I just remember weeping and and we, all of a sudden the song was written and in a matter of like 30 minutes, which never happens for me. Um, and I'm, it's not out yet because I, I do, I, I, it's not going to ever be, you know, nothing's ever perfect, but I do want to do it right. And, uh, when we do end up releasing the album, I, I hope that it lifts people up. I hope that it makes people's days better. That would, and that maybe they would, you know, hear God talking to them through the song. Uh, and that would, um, that would really, that would just be the tops. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, I think, um, I've started writing and um, I'm not going to let fear get in my way mm, of creating. It's powerful. it's powerful, Kennedy. Just imagining God saying, I'm amazed by you. It's just so sweet. It feels like mm-hmm. such a hug. Like it gives me chill bumps thinking God says, I'm amazed by you. Gosh, powerful. Mm. Well, Kennedy, at the end of every episode, I ask my guests two fun questions. Are you ready? Oh, First yeah. one is, if you were to stop at a gas station on a long road trip, what would be your go-to snack? Oh my gosh. Um, well, let's see. Let's see. There's so, there's so much to choose. I think, oh man, my favorite go-to snack. Are we talking about like healthy or are we talking about like it could be anything? Mm, like, you can just go crazy. Like calories are not a thing, right? In this world. <laughs> and like, you know, the belly aches later. Um, uh, it would definitely be the nerd's rope. Oh my gosh. It's it's such a little, it's such a little handful of poison, but man, does it taste wow. good. That and Oreos. Oh man. Mm. Okay, if we're but if we're really going in, it would also be puffy Cheetos. It would be those three, Ooh. the trifecta. Trifecta. Got a little of- salty, a little sweet. You know, bad Candy. for you, but good for you your know? soul. You know, a little crunch, <laughs> a little crunch, <laughs> a little chocolate, all of it. So fun. Um, okay, and then my next question is, what is one unpopular opinion that you have? Um, 
laughing. Probably that NSYNC is better than the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Christmas album. Ages me, but, mm. That Christmas album is good. Yes. It, I think it was Space Cowboy for me. Oh. Why yeah yeah yippee yo yippee yay. Is that? Why, I yeah, hope yeah, that's. Yippee yo yippee. Oh my gosh. Is that? Is, is that insane? I think it is. Insane. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure it is, but yeah. <laughs> okay, that NSYNC is better than Backstreet Boys. I like it. I like it. Well, Kennedy, how can the listeners keep up with you? Um, well, if you're on social media, they can follow me at Kennedy Coggle on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, you know, I don't post often, but when I do, yeah, that's how you can know what's up in, in my life. I'd love to hear from you. And, and we'll keep an eye out you. for your new worship album with Isaiah. I can't wait for that. Woohoo! <laughs> it's gonna be awesome well thank you so much for coming on the show kennedy it was such a joy and i know it blessed the listeners i hope so i love how open and honest kennedy was about the power of prayer prayer is how we communicate with the lord and he delights in us being ourselves and coming to him honestly with anything and everything we need At the end of each episode, I dive into a passage of scripture and bring some truth from the Word of God. There is nothing as true and reliable as His Word. It is how we learn about Him and what it means to know Him, to love Him, and to live out the ways of Jesus in our lives. So today, I want to talk about prayer. What is prayer? Why pray? How did Jesus tell us we are to pray? Being a follower and a disciple of Jesus means we are in a personal relationship with Jesus, our Savior. We have access to Him all the time, and He wants to talk to us. He's never too busy. He's not burdened by what you have to say. He is always with you and listening, eager to hear what's on your mind and your heart. This is prayer. Jesus tells us that all we have to do is come and talk. We can bring him any and all kinds of questions and requests. We just get to ask. Jesus himself tells his disciples and the people he taught to ask the Father for what they needed. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus tells his disciples, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So how are we to approach talking to the God of the universe? Does it have to be some fancy churchy thing? Like Kennedy said, he knows us and he made us. So he knows our personality and our sass. He knows what drives us crazy and what we love the most. He knows how needy we are and he wants to hear from us about our needs. He knows just what we need. Jesus says in his word to come to him like children. In fact, he said the kingdom of God is only for those who approach him like children. Matthew 18, 3. Kids ask questions about everything. When Jesus said to come to him like children, he was getting at the heart behind asking. Kids ask out of dependency, curiosity, and neediness. They know they need help, and they acknowledge that they don't have everything figured out, so they ask someone who they trust knows better than they do. Kids have a deep dependence on the people in their life. Prayer is our way of acting on our deep dependence on God, believing that we don't have everything figured out, but He does. Jesus' disciples asked Him so many questions. The disciples left everything to follow Him, and therefore they wanted to know more about Him. They wanted to get to know Him in a relationship and experience more and more of His power and His goodness. Sometimes the disciples were afraid to ask him questions, yet Jesus pressed them to open up and communicate with him. Nothing is off limits with God. No part of the messiness of our heart scares him or intimidates him. He's God. He made us and he loves us. And there is nothing he doesn't already know. In Matthew 7 verses 9 through 11, Jesus said, Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? 
We can trust God. God is the best at giving us exactly what it is we need. We can come to Him asking for anything, trusting that His answer of yes, His answer of no, or His answer of wait is the exact good thing we need. We ask God things because we know we need Him. We've been given unlimited access to God because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus Himself has given us the gift of being able to talk to the Father. He delights in hearing and answering our prayers. So what is prayer? Prayer is talking with God in faith. It shows that we believe that Jesus is alive and is with us. Prayer is acknowledging with our hearts, words, and time that God is real, that we can have a relationship with Him through Jesus, His Son, and that He is actively on the move in the world around us. It shows that we believe that we have hope in a place and a person greater than this world. Prayer is as necessary and as vital as oxygen is to our human bodies. It keeps us connected to God, our source of life. Without prayer, it is impossible to know God, you guys. And to effectively grow as a disciple of Jesus, we have to talk to Him. So why pray? In John 15 verses 4 through 5, Jesus tells His disciples, Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We pray because apart from God, we can do nothing. We are here on earth for a short time, you guys, to share with the world the love of Jesus and what he has done for us, to be the salt and light of the earth, to bear good fruit as disciples of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, did you hear that? Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We cannot do anything without the source of life himself, and that means abiding in him, staying close to him, asking him for what we need when we need it, asking for his will to be done and relying on the God of the universe to move, to strengthen, to supply, to comfort, and to come near to us. He has gone before and behind us, and he is with us and working through us. So you may be wondering, how do we pray? We look to how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. We're going to read Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. This is what is famously known as the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is teaching on prayer to his disciples in his Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' great manifesto of the kingdom of God. If you have a Bible nearby or have the Bible app on your phone, open it up and read along with me. Jesus, teaching his disciples to pray, says in Matthew chapter 6, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord's Prayer is jam-packed with guidance on how to come to God in prayer. Once when I was at a middle school youth retreat, a pastor taught us the analogy, pray, to remember the different things that Jesus teaches us to pray for in the Lord's Prayer. Pray stands for praise, repent, ask, and yield. I love this analogy because it helps give me a little guide when I don't know where to begin. We can praise God. Jesus told us to spend time praising God in prayer, telling Him how much we love Him, worshiping Him in prayer and gratefulness for all He has done for us. There is infinitely more to praise Him for than there are hours to pray. Even when we don't feel like we have much, we still have everything in Jesus. Praising lifts us up 
It reminds us of his goodness and it draws us near to God's love for us when we recognize him for all the ways he has richly blessed us. Next is repent. Jesus also taught them to pray to God in repentance for sin, asking for forgiveness, asking for his help in fighting temptation and forgiving others who sin against you. God is not afraid of our sin. And remember that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. No sin is too big for God to handle with love, and no sin is too small for God to dismiss. This looks like crying out to God and saying, forgive me, Lord, help me forgive them, and deliver me from evil. We also get to ask God for things. We can ask God for what we need, the big things and the small things. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread is the personal day-to-day needs, what we need in this moment, in the next hour, what we need tomorrow. There is nothing too small for God. He cares about it all. This prayer also reminds us that it's not us, but ultimately God providing everything we need. This posture in prayer, give us this day our daily bread, helps us raise God to his rightful place in our lives, Lord of all. It also helps us not to worry and to trust in him. There is also nothing too big for God. He is God after all. In this prayer, Jesus prayed for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done. That's a really big thing to pray for, and we get to pray for it. Jesus instructs us to pray for his ultimate return. And until he comes back, we have the power of prayer to ask for his powerful and supernatural intervention in our temporary home here on earth. We can ask for sick to be healed, captives to be freed, for justice to be served, and for the light to flood into the dark places of our world. Nothing is impossible with God. He rules over all. No one, no power on earth is stronger than he is. Let's be people who ask for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done. And lastly, we get to yield to God's will. Yielding is freeing because it is saying, your will be done, God. It's a statement of trust that God knows more than we do. He is taking care of us and that his will is better than anything we ask. He's a good God, and we want to pray with and in his will, not in our own. Praise God he knows more than we do. I want to challenge you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you need in this moment, call out to God in prayer. Tell him about it. Ask him to help you. Ask him to show himself to you in your day today. Ask him to come and bring you peace and comfort. He is so near. I hope that analogy helps you and that it gives you a a starting place, a jumping off point for talking to God. It's so simple. We make it so complicated, but he just wants to talk to you. Another powerful way to pray is reading and meditating on the scriptures. The word of God is alive and active. I say this over and over again because I truly believe it. He is moving through it and he speaks to his children through his word. And he wants to speak to you personally as you read it. So take some time to read and to listen. Pray and ask him to speak and then open up the word of God and listen to him speak through it. He will. If you've never talked to him before, he's ready to listen. I love to talk aloud to him in my car, just like he's a friend sitting in the passenger seat. I tell him what's on my mind, what I need, what I'm concerned about. It's an act of surrender when we remember that he wants us to hand it all to him. If you're listening and you don't have a relationship with him, he's right there. He's not far. We all are created to know him and to be loved by him. It just takes a step of faith calling out to him and giving him your heart. So in case you don't have the words and you don't know what to say, I'm going to pray with you right now. And you can say this prayer right along with me. Lord, I want to know you. I give my heart and my life to you. I believe that you hear me and that you're listening and that you're alive and on the move in this world. 
I believe that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and that I am nothing without you. Thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to save me from the dark and for bringing me into your glorious and powerful and freeing light. Thank you for wanting to talk to me and for being near to me. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 John 5, 13 through 15 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Let's be prayer warriors. Let's be followers of Jesus who talk to Jesus and tap into the power he's given us to change the world through prayer. As always, I'm going to end in prayer. Lord, thank you for the listener on the other side of this conversation. I pray that today they know they are loved and cherished by you. And I ask that you would teach them how to pray, Lord. I pray that they would keep track of their prayers and that they would watch you work miracles in their life through your power in response to their prayer. Lord, you know what they need. Be near them today and help them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for listening, friend. I hope that you are growing in your faith and this podcast encourages you to rise up into all God has for you in your relationship with Him and shining His light with the world. I believe in you, friend. I believe as followers of Christ, we have infinitely more power inside of us than we can even wrap our minds around. Keep the faith and trust in Him. If you haven't already, subscribe to my weekly newsletter in the show description to get a couple emails from me each week. If you're listening and you're a college girl, I have something for you. I started a college girl Bible study community called College Girls for Christ. It's a place for us to gather, study God's word, and to grow alongside other sisters in Christ during this crazy season of life that is college. I'm not in college, but I am on the other side of it, and I love seeing you guys grow in your faith. God made us to need each other, and we need the truth of God's word. This community has blessed my life, and there are so many beautiful friendships and discipleship relationships that have come out of it. If this is something you're interested in, you can sign up through the link in the show description or the link in my Instagram bio to get more information. Go in light and love, and remember that you are loved by the God of heaven and earth. I'll talk to you next week.